0: You are listening to Musicians and Makers podcasts. We are live with Sam and Brandon of Anxious Wave. How are we doing tonight, guys?
1: Doing good. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, thanks, thanks for being for here. Us. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so you just heard Dopamine off of their 2019 split with Panzer Chocolate. Uh, so what was that song about for you guys?
2: Uh, let's see. Let me try and remember what Dopamine <laughs> i thought maybe it was dopamine <laughs> yeah yeah uh, well i mean i i am a, a clinical social worker so i a lot of the lyrical themes that come through in in the songs that we write uh, lyrically anyway um they're, they're about things that have to do with work and mental health in general um but uh, d- dopamine if i remember correctly it was written um Kind of about the the human plight that is trying to seek joy and how fruitless that can be sometimes, and um, how we try really hard to get the dopamine bursts. Um, so yeah, that's what that's that's what that's about. But you can just work out to it, whatever whatever you feel.
0: <laughs> that's cool. Uh, how yeah. long have you been a band? Oh
1: man, uh, several years now. It's it's weird because we um, one of our eps we put out brandon texas the other day and was like hey this came out like two years ago which I, you know i was like holy shit <laughs> like <it's, laughs> it hasn't felt like it's been that long but it's uh i mean they were together a little bit before i even joined so
2: we started jamming not in this current iteration in 2017 um sam came on very soon. I mean, it wasn't super long. We, we didn't play it out or anything like that. And I think we played our first show in March 2018. Yeah. So six, within six months, Sam was in the And it's been that way ever
1: since.
0: How many releases do you think uh, you have altogether?
1: Uh, three right now, yeah. Because we, we had like a really early demo that I wasn't on. Um, and then we had uh, Love Quantify, the EP. And then that split that we did with Parents of Chocolate. So yeah, three right now. On the fourth, so (laughs) yeah, fourth, like in the can. (laughs) What's going on with that? Uh, not too much. We're uh, we're finishing it up. Uh, we got all of the instrumental stuff done, so we're just working on getting Brandon's vocals done. Um, it's been tough with uh, just COVID and everything, just trying to schedule, figure out you know, when we were just about to start recording when Mm -hmm. everything kind of hit in March. So it kind of threw a wrench in everything. We were like, I don't know if it's safe to even go to someone's house and record, you know, like what is it, should we be practicing? What, how, what does that look like? Um, so it's kind of a, a difficult, uh, probably about after a couple of months and we kind of saw how things were going. We're like, okay, I think we can, we're not, we're not all going out everywhere. I think we can get together and just get these songs sharpened up and get recording. So it's, it's just kind of been a slow process. Uh, over the past six months probably of just when we can get in there getting getting stuff done and trying to figure it out but uh it's been it's been good uh it's kind of nice Where uh, i'm personally very excited about the songs a lot of them are, are pretty fresh it's not you don't always get to record things right when you have them ready like sometimes you sit on them for like a little while and then by the time you record it you're kind of bored of it so yeah um it's 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 nice to have something where i'm like excited it's at the forefront of what i'm doing it's been good
0: Sounds like a nice like pace too to record. Uh, I feel like you know I, I've kind of been in that situation where like you go in for like a day or like a couple of days in a studio yeah. and just like bang it all out. Being able to like just like take your time and work on it piece by piece. Uh, do you find that's like changing the process a little bit, or is that just creating something a little bit? I don't know, just more thought out.
1: So, yeah, it's not the typical kind of recording setup. Usually, you know, you got your songs already and you, you just get in there. Especially if you're paying by the hour, you're like, I need to get. It, it, I've done this many songs. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know as fast as we can you know as close to perfect as we can within our time constraint and budget constraints um but it's been nice working with uh brian from panzer chocolate because he's kind of uh set it up where we we can kind of go at our own pace which has been nice so there's definitely some things i've been able to polish and add on that weren't there initially that I, that I had in my head but was like man i don't know if i have time to really get this fit so uh it was nice to have that extra time and breathing room to to really like nail down the parts i wanted so it's been good
2: i gotta give so much props so many props to brian and, and morena for having us in their house week after week i mean like to work on a record uh, at the level of band that we are for for six months is not only it's just like it's not a thing it's not a thing i mean it, we're not like fleetwood mac or something here you know? <laughs> um so, you know, just to be to be and then, you know, come back and, and add things and work on things. And it's I mean, it's kind of like a very professional experience in that we've been able to, you know, we demo the song. We listen to the song. If there's something we don't like or there's something that we feel might suit the song better. We can come back to it. We can improve on it as opposed to the, the standard process that I'm sure most of us are used to as in you know, punk bands. Um, where you, you show up to the studio, bang it out, and hope for the best. This has been like a totally different thing, where we're able to really craft the songs to where we want them to be. And honestly, the coolest thing probably has been the fact that we've been able to just take... We literally we had enough songs for a full-length album going in to Brian's, and... We ended up basically re-reorchestrating a bunch of songs. We came up with a song in the in the basement. It's just a really uh, fulfilling process, I think, and a enriched process. A process that has a that offers a lot to it. One that I've never had anything yeah. like I've had an experience like this recording anything. So it's definitely it, it's got its blessings and its curses with the COVID thing, but it's definitely slowed us down uh, in a good way and in a bad way. Mm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, while we're shouting out, Marina is also for those who are listening who aren't aware. Marina edits all of our videos, so <laughs> definitely she makes us look good. Thank you. <laughs> she, she does so much here for us, and uh, just to see that that welcomingness and just that uh, ability to support, yeah, it's definitely going to speak to your album. I can't wait to hear it.
2: They're the best. They're just <laughs> uh, they're they're creative and fun and nice. There are a whole bunch of things that you hope for when you're working with somebody on creating your art right
1: cool
0: so did we both grow up in uh in rhode island
1: uh i didn't i uh i was born in connecticut i've kind of moved around a few times so uh, i've lived in north carolina for years uh pennsylvania and then kind of came back up here when i was i don't know 15 or 16 um and i kind of been in the area ever since so uh probably in the past i don't know 17 years been in rhode island but uh not a not born and raised
0: <laughs> so when did the two of us like meet each other start to create music with each other
2: you and i Me, uh sam sam and i sam, yeah yes <laughs> I, I was like we haven't made any music together <laughs> mean, we funny? have a yeah. whole album and yeah. actually yeah. you yeah. have yeah. you've forgotten all of it yeah i mean that's <laughs> pretty likely that could happen yeah. um <laughs> so sam and i were in a band well now how did we meet and start making music is a larger question
1: yeah that's a Oh shit! A long, long, intertwined history of like being near each other or adjacent. Yeah, adjacent. So yeah. Uh, Sam was in a band previously, uh, a,
2: a, like a death metal band called Deathwish, and the guitar player of that band is one of my childhood best friends' little brothers, Rhode Island shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I tried out for vocals for that band uh, in like. 2008 or 9 or something. I don't even remember how long ago this was. <laughs> I don't know. You would know better about your band than me. Yeah, yeah. It was probably yeah, it was probably uh 07 or 08 probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Um, and at that point in time it was just two guitar players and a drummer. Uh your good friend Dre. Our good friend Dre. Yeah. So basically, we had a couple practices together. It didn't work out for whatever reason on my end. And then Sam was a vocalist. And later on, and uh, that was kind of how I met Sam. But we were in a band together called uh, Black Celebration, which was not a Depeche Mode cover band. <laughs> <laughs> but Depeche Mode is one of my favorite bands. And I felt like it sounded like a, a, a mean, angry punk band. So it became Black Celebration. Um, so we were in a band for a little while uh, together that was known as that and that's that was like 2014 or 13 yeah and here's anxious wave uh, a totally um uh, the way that anxious wave well i'll get to that when you ask me if you want to (laughs) (laughs)
0: no no it's coming out naturally let's do it yeah
2: oh uh anxious wave needed a bass player that was basically it Mikey our guitar player and Dylan our drummer and myself we had been jamming for a while we had another guy that was playing bass for a little bit he didn't really want to do it um and Sam did we tried Sam out and it was like we were never not in a band together I don't know <laughs> it was meant to be
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah no it was fun yeah it kind of it's, it's funny how those things work out because uh I think didn't didn't I like talk to you when you were first starting the band about potentially joining, but i was I was in a different band, so you, that's right, yeah, yeah, because i was I was in a like an indie folk americana kind of band playing bass, um, and at the time i was I was touring a lot, so i didn't i was I was pretty busy. I wasn't really around to like go to practices or do stuff. so uh, understandably, so you guys were just kind of like, well, you know. You need to be here to be in the band.
3: <laughs> yeah, you can't be okay. in the
1: band if you can't play in it. Yeah, yeah, right. And then, and then you guys right. had someone you were working with, and I was like, yeah, oh, that's that's all good. Um, and then I ended up like leaving the band um, that I was in, and just happened to like open up Facebook, and I saw your post. You're like looking for bassists. And I was like, why not? I play bass. I'm not in a band. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I just went, just went for it. Yeah. Uh, um, Sam,
0: you did quite a bit of touring with uh, with that band too. Yeah, uh, that was the Big Lonesome.
1: Yep. bigelow and some of the other uh based out of boston um yeah yeah we did a a ton of touring we did um pretty much a full year we played about 100 shows um like 25 different states we were all over the place um it's a lot of fun it was was a huge learning experience all, all across the board like how to set up a tour how to figure the logistics of that kind of stuff out you know uh how not to die in a walmart parking lot you know was, <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> that's crucial like, that's yeah
1: crucial. <laughs> um, yeah no yeah it was it was it was a lot of fun um it, it was funny too because i i joined that band um i've been playing guitar for 17 years um but kind of wanted to play bass and they were looking for a bassist, so i had i didn't really have a lot of experience and uh joined that band kind of figured it out and and being able to play a lot was nice because it it kind of reinforces you to get good at it because you're just doing it every night um that was a a huge like growth learning moment for me too it it was it was a good experience um overall you know it was just get on some show and you got to fill three hours (laughs) so you know my singer would be like all right we're playing these songs you don't know them i'm gonna yell the chords out figure out a baseline to it. Uh, a lot of like on the fly stuff. So
0: uh, uh,
1: just trying to make it work. Playing for tips or like just playing like a brewery or wh- whoever would take us. Um so yeah it was it was good. It was fun. Um but it was it was nice to come back to something a little more like low-key and local and not um you know we're all older we all got jobs and stuff so it wasn't uh as high stakes. Um, and uh, kind of nice because the they're all I know everyone's really cool about what anyone wants to do, which is nice. Like everyone just, someone's like, I like, I, this is my part. Someone goes, great. That's it. That's the part. Like, there's no, you know, fighting about, should that be there? You know, <laughs> that's getting in the way of my thing or whatever. It's just, it's pretty, it's been pretty fluid and just like low stress. It's weird to be honest, because uh, <laughs> most fans, yeah. there's always some kind of issue. So uh, it's been really good.
0: Uh, Steve's always been my fill-in bassist um, yeah. Steve's like guitarist <laughs> by trade, but every time I have a band I'm always like yeah. just trying to just CD poke him to play, play the bass, bass. yeah exactly yeah. but mm-hmm. for what it's for what it's come out to I don't know he's done some awesome things you know what I mean yeah. so
3: I yeah it's fun it's
1: different it's different but it's fun so Exactly.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Now, you guys recorded your Love Quantified EP at the Radar Studio, and that's New England's first solar-powered studio. What was that process like? How was that?
2: That was fantastic uh, in every way. Uh, so we met the engineer on that on that recording, Daryl, at our old um, practice space. Well, not practice space, but jam stage is kind of like a rent rent by the hour. If you're in Providence, you probably practice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he was working. Whatever. Yeah, right, right, right. Everybody <laughs> has. <laughs> um, he was working the the front desk and was just into what we were doing, and said, "Hey, you guys should come check out the studio that I record at." And um, he got a fantastic sound on our on our um, on that EP and. Working with him and Will who mastered it. Will actually is the owner of the property. I don't the radar studio is this like beautiful piece of land in Connecticut. And the the studio is a reconstructed or repurposed uh, farmhouse. Um, and it's like this huge space with like if you've ever even like about enjoying making music, <laughs> you will go in there and you can spend hours and hours and hours of having the most fun ever playing any instrument you can imagine because they have it it's it, i mean it's it was great. it was really, really great, which leads me to why we you know if we had such a great experience with with Daryl, why would we why would we go to to Brian and morena? Um, well, the biggest thing is well you know likely cost um, and and Brian and Morena are really good friends of ours, and they're really close to us, so like physically close to us so it's a lot easier in that way it's almost like panzer chocolate is like the sister band or brother band of anxious wave we play a lot of so- shows together they're very involved in, in in everything we do we've done a bunch of videos with them and and stuff like that so it's a really like an interpersonal thing too mm. they're basically like our siblings at this point so yeah yeah
0: yeah it sounds like a massive awesome place to record i um uh, an album, like maybe a few years ago that I recorded, I, I, d- I played at like this place in Massachusetts on like a f- horse farm. Um, <laughs> so it was like same thing. Like everywhere you look, there's like a new instrument. We recorded my guitar by like throwing open a piano and trying to pick up some of those like, you know, chords. Yeah, but, nice. um, I just remember like I, I like did like this big like vocal part. I just felt sick. I went outside to like go throw up. And there's just like a horse, just like free range, like grazing right there on the side of me. No, <laughs> you don't. Just, yeah. It's just like, all right, well, this is, you know, it's certainly unique, but yeah. yeah, it's it's nice when you can be in your own little serene world like that.
1: Yeah. 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 I think that's, it's that's very important. Like for creating, um, you don't realize it, but it's just like, if you can get in a spot where you feel comfortable and, um, just relaxed, it, you can get such a better performance, um, out it, it's definitely important to have that vibe and uh especially you know daryl was really really easy to work with um you know he knew knew how to get what he needed out of us and like out of the the amps and everything so there wasn't a lot of time wasted like setting things up or you know setting sounds we dialed things in pretty quickly which was nice um and uh you know will and, and his wife were just very hospitable um remember like waking up in the morning you know they had coffee and you know some fruit and stuff like that and they're just like you know hang out you know do what, do what you need to um they had, like a couple of rooms we could stay in which was really nice so yeah it was it was a great experience um i definitely suggest checking it out if you you know if you're looking for a place um like especially if you're looking for something that's more of like a traditional studio setup like that's i would say it's a great place to go they, they know what they're doing
2: the records that they've cut, I mean, look at some, just like Google, some of the things that have been recorded there and you will be absolutely stoked. They've worked on, they've worked on some like really, really awesome records. So yeah. check them out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It looks beautiful from what I, uh, what I saw on their website too.
2: So yeah, you're working
0: on the record mm-hmm. um, where also you were talking about also shooting a music video, correct? Yep. Cool. Yes, What's, we are. Do you want to give anything away on that, or is this uh, is it kind of a secret?
2: Uh, I don't want to give
1: too much away, just because I want everyone to watch. You know, if I tell you know, all, yeah, so yeah, right? yeah, we don't have to. We, yeah. we don't have to, uh, to give away the concept, but I mean, we could t- we could talk about you know who we're working with, and everything because you know we um, I don't know if you guys heard of Death Drop Gorgeous. Um, that you know they just uh, released that uh, like a month or two ago. Uh, it wasn't too long ago. About a month, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah which is you know uh, a couple of guys from providence um did kind of like an indie flick a horror flick uh really fun it was a really fun movie um we got to to be in a scene just like at dusk like doing like a there's like a show going that was a backdrop for the scene um but uh yeah they're, uh, they're really great guys um really great people and uh you know they were looking to do something creative and kind of hit us up and we're like hey do you want to do like a music video or just some kind of collaboration and we're like wait why not like you know how going to say no to that
0: <laughs> oh, that seems great really. yeah that yeah. Scene was awesome uh i i actually know wayne pretty well uh who stars in the movie um he worked at as 220 with me for for yeah, years yeah. so i Where? kind of was like just like in their ear the whole time when they were just filming, just trying to figure out as much info as possible from. And I got to see like the glory hole scene when they first (laughs) recorded it and stuff, you know? Yeah. That movie came out so good. It did. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Like the amount of acclaim that they're getting for it is like, that's so well-deserved and I'm so excited for them. From top to bottom like they just won i don't know if you guys knew this but uh it was announced i think yesterday or maybe the day before but they won best screenplay and best supporting actor uh at the houston horror film festival and an award at the Good queer festival for audience choice i think it was or audience pick but
0: hmm.
2: the movie came out fantastic so i am absolutely stoked about yeah. how the music videos kind of come out <laughs> uh it's just gonna be it's gonna be great um yeah. If you, I'll give like a couple hints. It's gonna, there's gonna be some boop and
0: some weirdness. <laughs> it's, there's goopiness and
2: weirdness. Uh,
0: That's
3: weird.
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say poop or goop? Goop, goop, goop. 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 Okay. I, I'm <laughs> thinking, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to yeah, like I mean, pink I, flamingo I, in my head. <laughs> no, that scene was awesome. You guys definitely look super rock and roll. I think, like, they, they had made like some like glassware out of like sugar and like shattering yeah. on people during that scene and stuff too. So it's if it's anything like that, yeah, I can't wait to see it.
1: It's going to be pretty extravagant from from our talks. It sounds like there's going to be a it's uh, it's going to be pretty crazy. Like uh, a lot of weird shit going on and like just uh very colorful and uh explosive <laughs> yeah. and I don't know. I it, I feel like it's it's going to be interesting. Um I'm looking forward to it. I've never done a music video before, so Yeah, same. Um, I've never done anything like this before. Yeah. So.
0: And Brandon was in uh, Death Drop. Well, Brandon from Death Drop, I should say, was in like Tinsel Teeth. And I feel like, you know, the biggest show that sticks out that I saw from them was uh, Foo Fest uh, a a while back. And like, Steph is like, you know, probably naked or half naked with like a dildo on, passing out like silly string and beating herself on stage and like covered in fake blood, real blood, you know, and it was just like. (laughs)
2: So we're talking about a dude that was in this band. So you have, if that's the kind of stuff that was going on in this band on we're the ready. live, you know where the the, the video's going, right? Oh, you know? I'm ready. I'm absolutely <laughs> ready. Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's gonna be cool. I'm definitely yeah. looking forward to it. Um, Same. So, uh, what are some of the artists uh, that kind of like you've listened to over the years? Like, what really sticks out to you?
1: Sam, you want to go first? So I get a little bit long winded. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I tend I tend to too. So, um, but yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go first. Um, yeah, know I I have pretty diverse tastes. Um, I, you know, when I first started when I was a kid, I you know I was like super into like punk hardcore stuff like that. I was one of those stupid kids that was like, oh, I listen to punk. That's it. Everything else is stupid. Um, so I was listening to like I think. I think Anti-Flag was one of the first like bands that I heard um, that I like, really got into because I was just like man these guys are so fucking pissed off <laughs> they, they swear so much I was like 12 or something like that I was like man this is I've never heard anything like this this is amazing so they were definitely like a big influence when I uh, you know, first started getting into that kind of stuff um, but, you know and then the, you know, the typical stuff Green Day you know I started getting into like Rancid, No Effects, that kind of stuff back in like early 2000s ramones was one of the first like punk bands i got into too um that was like the first stuff i learned on guitar i uh remember like going to guitar lessons and you know he's like oh I'll teach you how to play songs and i'm like just ramones songs. that's all i need to know <laughs> like how play beat on the brat
2: you were right
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he's like oh you don't want to like learn like alice's restaurant or like something complex like some led zeppelin so i'm like no nah, just just no. show me how to make power chords and i'm good yeah uh, which i regretted like 10 years later when i was like man i should learn how to play guitar actually but um, you know, for a good like 10 years, it, it served me pretty well. <laughs> and then as, as I got older, I started getting into like jazz, um, and then uh, just like weird folk stuff. I don't even remember how I got into that. I think I was listening to my like punk tastes and started getting like super obscure. So I started getting into like uh, they're not that obscure, but like I was starting to get, like leftover cracks so, or like all this like crusty stuff, mm-hmm. and then like yeah. the crusty stuff like led to like mischief brew and that was like folky and then i started listening to like andrew jackson jihad and like this band called defiance ohio i don't know if you guys know them at all um and so i took like this weird veer to like this indie realm uh and came across the mountain goats um which is like my favorite band like ever now i was on like a torrent site i was on like pirate bay or something like that and saw like full mountain goats discography and i was like what the fuck is a mountain goat like how is that a band i don't (laughs) even understand i just (laughs) downloaded out of principle i was like i gotta check it out i don't know what this is uh and it ended up being like the perfect music for me it was such a weird like one of those fate kind of things um and yeah that so that's been a huge influence to me just um lyrically uh john darneal is just like a really beautiful writer um really good at that stuff and then um he's kind of like add musicians to his his group as he's gone and so like his uh his bassist peter hughes is actually like an influence on my bass playing because it's very um doesn't always just play like the easy stuff he'll play it's never too complex but it's it's always right and it, it like accentuates the right parts and so that's definitely something i try to do in my playing um yeah so that's um and then you know the jazz stuff i've been trying to learn on guitar and just in general so that theory knowledge has been affecting like how i play bass too because it's you know now that i've been learning more of the music side it's easier to play stuff and uh it actually works really well for punk because it seems counterintuitive but like because like a lot of punk has no music theory to it but because it doesn't it like allows me to add that overlay on top of it because i can be like you don't know what you just did but you just played like some crazy thing you changed keys three times and i know exactly how to put like a, a baseline on top of that like it, it i know how to work it so uh it's actually really fun so i that's I, I really like playing punk because you can play whatever you want and uh i don't get some interesting sounds it's it's you'd be very creative so I guess that's it. There's a million bands. I like, I don't know. It's hard to narrow it <laughs> down, but that's been my journey, I guess. I guess is a good way to phrase it.
0: I'm just glad you clicked on the right mountain goats right discography. discography. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs>
1: I was
2: like born into the world, loving music. Uh, my earliest memories of music were like with my mom and dad. Uh, my mom loves Madonna and my dad loves things like Nazareth. Uh <laughs> If you combine Nazareth and early Madonna, it kind of sounds like early 80s post punk. (laughs) Hear me out. (laughs) The baby of Nazareth and early Madonna would be a post punk. You cracked the code. (laughs) I guess eventually that's where my music tastes like lay the strongest. Like my favorite bands would be things, you know, at one point it was the Smiths, but. I'm not into the Smiths anymore uh, as, as on account of some of the things that Morrissey had to say and do. Um, but Johnny Marr's guitar work has always been like the, the super draw. Like I love the music that the band has made. So the Smiths was like my first, like, I love this band. So, 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 so much uh, outside of like uh, Marilyn Manson in, in early uh, middle school. I loved Marilyn Manson, Wu Tang, three, six mafia. Those were things I really enjoyed as a young person. And My best friend, uh, Joey, turned me on to I can't remember if it was anti flag or no effects first. I think it was no effects, no effects and uh, stuff like that. So like pop punk. Um, But the things that I've stuck with, I still listen to post punk all the time. My, My shit is like I love the sound. I love the chameleons um Depeche Mode I think has has made some really great records the Cure has put out some great records and I cannot currently stop listening to eighty synth funk synth funk is like <laughs> so Prince is like the, the the surface level but there's so much other stuff that is just so killer and and no one's really paying a lot of attention to it because it's not
3: 1984
2: anymore <laughs> uh, so yeah a lot of that kind of stuff um Nine Inch Nails is one of my favorite bands Converge is such a, like a, you know, standard, but, uh, as far as like, I grew up in like the hardcore scene, as far as being a teenager, uh, and like going to show every night in like 2004, uh, seeing all those kinds of bands, the bands that came with that. So more like metalcore bands, crossover bands, uh, that kind of thing. Um, but currently I say that the biggest influence on the stuff that I am doing, uh, in, in, this band, I can't speak for everybody, but in the band that I hear the most on our newest stuff, it would be a combination of Nirvana, another one of my favorite bands ever. Killing Joke, another one of my favorite bands ever. And then the the metalcore tinges, you know, there's kind of like that. Um, I, I wouldn't pick a band because I'm not writing the riffs. Um, so I don't want to speak on that. But there's definitely like that, like shrill uh, Jun Jun Wee quality sometimes <laughs> to our riffs. Um, in fact, we got a uh, comparison to a band called Heavy, Heavy, Low, Low.
0: Yes, I love
3: them.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I, I my uh, one of my earliest bands was a band called Touchback and we were kind of like a youth crew hardcore band. And we opened <laughs> low at the living room. Cool. We sounded nothing like Heavy, Heavy, Low, Low. But Aaron, who worked at the living room at the time, was like, hey, you guys want to play this? And I'd seen them on MySpace a lot. So <laughs> it will do great. Let's play it. Right. sound nothing like it everyone kind of stared at us like zombies but anyway um the the phrase that I think encapsulates the the sound and the things that I enjoy uh in anxious wave that that like make it be uh the would be 80s punk meat on 90s grunge wheat with metal, uh, 2000s metalcore condiments
3: it's <laughs> a nice sandwich you got going yeah, right? yeah pretty good <laughs> yeah uh, it's
2: everything. I, I definitely heard
0: some Nirvana in there. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I, I wasn't surprised when I, I kind of looked through <laughs> some of your answers to our, our like pre-interview questions, and I saw that. Uh, did you see that montage of Heck in uh, documentary that came out a couple years ago?
2: I believe I did. I, I feel like there's been so many documentaries on the topic that I can't remember which ones I've seen and not seen. So right. I. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this one was different because it was one of the first times that they made a documentary where they didn't focus on Kurt's death at all. Wow! Um, and it was—I was, so haven't his, seen this one. It's pretty cool. It's all about his childhood. There's some recordings of him as a kid, and like it kind of like flashes to, like animation here or there to like fill in the story and his words. Mm. But you get to like just like kind of see where he came from and like his whole life, and without having to like have that that burden or weight on it that it's like, you know, oh yeah, he killed himself, you know? Uh, yeah. It was really good, it's super sad. There was like one scene uh, where they show him like holding uh, his his baby um, while like Courtney's trying to cut his hair and he's like just, just zonking out, yeah you know? It's just really,
2: really sad, but worth it if you haven't seen it. And now that you mentioned that footage, I feel like I have seen that footage. Hmm. Maybe I have seen the document. Like I said, there's been so many documentaries on, on Nirvana. I mean, Kurt Cobain, mostly, you know, that I can't remember which ones I have and haven't seen. But the footage that you're talking about where he's holding the baby, definitely mm. familiar.
0: Uh, it definitely hits when you see it, I'm, I'm sure. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So were you, were you guys one of the like the fall-off fans, or did you stick with them through Foo Fighters? Or Dave, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, I, I enjoy uh, Foo Fighters. I know Brandon's not a huge Foo Fighters. Uh. Yeah, I got some shit to say about the
0: <laughs> Let's go. We <laughs> want to hear it. <laughs> so in
2: 1995, I uh, was a member of the BMG Music Group Club. Uh, I was 10 or 9 or something like that. And it was the thing where you could send a penny on a postcard. It was in magazines at the time. You send them a penny, you stick it to the postcard, and they send you back... 10 tapes or CDs that are 12 or something like that, that, that you want or think you want as a 10 year old and you never pay them a dime because the other thing is like, once you do this, now you have signed up to $30 a month. of Yeah. I got Foo Fighters, the self-titled, the one with the gun on the cover and I was like nine or 10 years old. It was one of the things I want because I really I enjoyed Nirvana at a very, very young age and wanted to see what's going on with my homeboy since Kurt, Kurt's gone. Even then, at nine years old, was like, this is trash. <laughs> I didn't like it, man. I felt like at, in, in, in hindsight, that first Foo Fighters album just sounds like, Nirvana throwaway tracks, mm-hmm. like the songs that Nirvana was like, ah, these aren't good enough for us, but you can like go do your demo thing, Dave. <laughs> uh, they've written better stuff and have much more of a legacy now. Um, but what I, I they're fine. It's like, I think that they have some radio songs, like if you're like at Walmart or something, and
1: then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Everlong comes on the loudspeaker, you're not like, ah yeah that's <laughs> that's how i always view them is i, I feel like they're like tol- tolerable radio rock i feel yeah, like they, it'll do
2: that's that's but, how i feel about the foo fighters
1: i think about them in a different sense i guess than i do some other bands i just appreciate i think it's solid songwriting i think the songwriting is like dave girl is good at writing hits and yeah i can know, agree with that like he's just a career musician he writes hits that's what he does they're catchy you can listen to them. I don't, like you said, you don't, you don't want to rip your ears out when you hear it at the, at Walmart. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is it something I like listen to every day? No, but yeah. um, you know, I'll pop it in every once in while I listen to it if I'm in the mood or something, or if, it, if it's on, I'm not going to change the radio station. So. Um, yeah. During I, the
2: pandemic uh, I was, and Mikey, Mikey was doing this too, guitar player, um, going through the discographies of various musical acts and mm-hmm. one of the bands that I tried to do was Foo Fighters. Yeah, uh, I think it was the second album, uh, "Color in the Shape." Mm-hmm. That album, I remember being like, "Okay, I'm." I, I think that I understand the Foo Fighters a little bit better than I once. Yeah. Then I listened to the next one, and I was like, "And I, nah, I can't." Yeah, remember. I
1: mean, th- there's a point where you just like cross over to like only hit writing pop hits, and then like, <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. There yeah. was there was some album he put out like four or five years ago, and I was like, oh, I'll, "I'll give it a listen." And it was so bad. I like, I had to stop listening to it. Cause I think there was like one song on it. I was like, Oh, this is the radio single. And the rest is just, I don't know. He pulled out his ass just to fill a record. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what, like, I don't know what that was. It was just, he's like, we can't just put out one song, Dave. Ah, right, fine. Here we go. Whatever <laughs> just a little
2: production on it. There you go. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've never been a fan. Um, yeah. I will say there's like uh, one of like their recent tours, he like broke his leg on stage. Yeah. <laughs> and he did like the rest of like the show, like in like a throne or some shit, like just yeah. in like the rock sign. That was like, I-, I was like down with that. I was like, okay, cool. You know, you didn't just yeah. like call it off. Uh, then he did like a show too, where he talked about like, I think it was about touring and stuff like that. And that was pretty cool. I think I like yeah. him as a person. I just don't know if I like Foo Fighters as a thing. You know? Yeah, I think,
1: <laughs> I think there's like an important distinction to make of like, I think he's like a performer. Hmm. Um, I saw this. I can't remember if it was. Um, it was Garth Brooks or something. It was one of one of those like mainstream country guys from like the '90s. And he was talking. I think someone asked him about like being a musician, and he was like, "I'm not a musician. I'm a performer. Like, you know, I play music. I put a show on. I'm not like I'm not writing some intricate piece of music. This isn't like art for me. This yeah. is a job. And I, I feel like Dave Rowe kind of falls into that category a little bit too. He might not know it, but <laughs> he's. I, I think, think he certainly doesn't act it. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> he kind of owned it with Nirvana. I remember like a couple of interviews where he just talks about how he's like not good at drums. Yeah, you know, he's just like I just do this. Yeah. I'm the guy who shows up. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, he's
3: just. Very, On the other like, hand,
2: I think that his imperfections as a drummer are good. Like I yeah. it, like beats the shit out of the drum set. And like mm-hmm. you want to get an aggressive drummer. I mean, a slow aggressive drummer. Uh, he'll 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 do it. I think that Dave Roll is a good. Drummer in that he's good for what Nirvana, Nirvana um, writes or wrote. Um, I just I, so I can respect his songwriting as pop music, but like I can't, I don't. I, I think there's better pop musicians that write that kind of stuff. Hole, on the other hand, since we're on the Nirvana topic <laughs> and post Nirvana, Hole, on the other hand, those first two Hole records are killer, and I don't give a shit what anybody has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're awesome records, particularly pretty on the inside. Um, that that album is fantastic. Yeah,
0: I I think I love everything Nirvana's ever made. I just it was just so so dirty. You know what I mean? The beginning yeah. it was just so raw, and that's what I enjoy in a show. You know, and if you can yeah. make it sound like I'm at a show when I'm listening to it, and I can vibe with that and feel that, that's where I'm at.
1: You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely vibe with that. I mean, that's that's kind of. I always kind of see our band too, is just kind of this rawness to it, which I like, especially like live, you know, we just go crazy. And uh, Mikey will just try out something new on a song, mm-hmm. just on the fly, which is, I love. I think it's great because like every show is different. There'll be, there'll be times where like I'll be playing and all of a sudden he's just wailing on something and I'm like, what's what <laughs> up? I'm like, it works though, it sounds great. So whatever, it's, it's fun.
0: Has it ever like not worked? Like it's been real bad at a, like a live show?
1: Actually, no. Somehow, I, he always hits the right weird thing. Let's it's go. just different. Yeah. <laughs> it's always just different. It's never bad. Just different. Um, I think that we're biased, uh,
2: but I don't think that we we have ever had like a terrible show. Yeah. Like,
1: I mean, there's yeah, there's been times where we're, like we forgot what song was happening next, but the only time that like, that's the, like not a big goes deal. wrong, if, if what's that? <laughs> so that's not a big deal. No, it's, it's par <laughs> that's part That's not course. a big deal. I'm
2: talking about like we we like completely like blew the no. song or something no, like no,
1: that no. it's uh, we've had some really
2: bad shows in that like we're playing to three people or something yeah. like
1: that i mean that's that's typical band shit. Yeah, <laughs> playing to like three people is just that's like a normal show i feel like yeah. i mean we've been lucky we actually have pretty good attendance on most of our shows but i feel like rhode island music is always comes in waves it's like there's like a year where everyone goes to shows and then there's like three years where no one wants to go to see a show and it just goes back and yeah. forth and you never know Um, but I feel like we've been pretty lucky to, to be around when people actually want to go out. Like the past, the year before COVID, I feel like people were coming out pretty consistently. So
2: yeah, our war shows haven't been anywhere. Uh, they haven't been in Rhode Island. The war shows are the oddest. Yeah. Yeah. One really, really, really like (laughs) definitely bad show in like deep Connecticut once, (laughs) that stands out as a bad one but not once again not necessarily on account of anything in the band in the band it was just like oh here's this band from out of town let's go outside and wait for them to be done
0: (laughs) every time (laughs) yeah right
2: (laughs)
1: yep yeah that's Um, how it always goes
0: i um i work at as220 and um i was bartending there for years so it's like I can't tell you how many times like to speak to like, you know, one year, there's a bunch of people on a show and the next year there's nothing like a a band would play and the the place would be packed and I'd make great money. And then like, I'd see they'd like be on a bill like a year from then. I'd be like, Oh, they're playing tonight. We're going to be like busy, get ready. And then I just stand there all night, you know, (laughs) it's, it's It's, awful too, because I, there's been so many times where there's like an awesome band on and I'm like the only person listening, you know, there's like two people in the room
1: yeah yeah no I, I saw that big time because i um the death metal band i was in we were together for 10 years so there was a like 10 year span that we were playing shows pretty much every year like a pretty nonstop. um we didn't really take a break so you'd see it there'd be like a year and you're like man everyone's coming out to the metal shows this is awesome and then all of a sudden no one comes to metal shows and you can't get you get, there's six people yeah. and just as hard as you you know you be hitting up all your friends you're trying to the regular people that would normally go and no one's, everyone's busy or they got something going on. And then all of a sudden there'll be all these new people that you've never seen before and they're all there and everyone's about it again. So it's just this weird cycle. I love I don't the know new if like age thing. I don't know if people age out of it and then yeah. like the younger people come in or what it is, but I assume it's probably similar anywhere else too, but.
0: Oh yeah, we, we actually played a show together. Uh, as yep. I found out talking to Sam before we did this, um, we played a benefit show together last year uh, for Handsome Dan, uh, which is a uh, oh, pickle yeah. rescue, right? Yeah. So I was in a band called Amitie, and uh, one of our guitarists uh, put that on. Um, so yeah, that's that's so crazy. Like Rhode Island's so small, you know what I mean? I'm Yuck. like just going through this and i'm like oh shit never mind we actually had shared the stage yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it's right, like right. a super, super rhode island thing I, it's it's funny how that stuff works is like you just you'd be in the same place with somebody and have no idea because you just don't you haven't met yet so you don't know but um there's actually a funny story with that uh my very first like high school band uh we were not good uh <laughs> it was t- typical uh high school band what was the we, name uh, boy's name we were Stars called bands were always terrible yeah i, I don't even really want to tell you the names oh want you no remember.
0: we got another name uh yeah. we
1: were called most remain astray it was like 2006 or something okay. like that Pretty metal. yeah yeah we were um it was a weird mix because i really like punk stuff so uh <laughs> it was me and then the other guitarists really liked metal like Avenged sevenfold and like oh, yeah. metallica and stuff we'd each separately write songs and then bring them to the band <laughs> so you'd have like half the songs in our our repertoire was like rip off anti-flag songs and then half the songs (laughs) were like off metallica songs yeah um and it was just this weird mix of the two
2: but it, it was, could it was be cool. okay yeah, a metallic it anti-flag you know i don't think yeah, that yeah, would work um, we had there fire. was a band called pipe down that was actually basically that so really? that's great which is
1: better <laughs> yes yeah, so we, we were around like when like all the grindcore and screamo and all that stuff was really popular like you know 2005 2006 mm-hmm. um and there was a band uh you guys might know them. I, I don't know uh 30 helens agree Oh my yeah, God! Yeah, that played, shows, too. I played yeah, like yeah. so
0: many shows with them. Actually, yeah. Steve and I both have played a lot of shows with them.
3: Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> high school with uh, we went, to, I went, we were in the same high school
1: as Jim, and nice. Keith. Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. We um, so we played a few shows. We used to like rent out this Elks Lodge in Warwick, uh, mm. and like put our own shows on. So like we'd have them on with us. I think we played with them at the living room one time, mm-hmm. like way back. And then it was like one of those weird things that like we ended up. They did a reunion show last year. In an anxious way yeah that was the same
0: yeah. show right that was the same show yeah that's right i, I, I booked <laughs> them. yeah i like that's begged right. mikey okay. to do I, that I
1: was, <laughs> to, I was trying to see if i i thought maybe i uh i don't know if i got them mixed up or not no, you're yeah, good. yeah you're good but it was so funny that like some band that i played with like 15 years ago <laughs> in a completely different band and then play with them again with a new like what i'm doing now is yeah. just such a weird another one of those like weird Rhode island things uh and then like the drummer <laughs> Casey. Has like popped up random places in my life, just weirdly, like where I'll just mm-hmm. show up somewhere and, uh, you know, like he works at Bolt Coffee and like I'll, I'll go, you know I'll go to Bolt and I'm like oh, Casey, what are you doing here? <laughs> like look.
0: also every band he's in is phenomenal. Oh yeah, he's oh my god,
1: he's such a phenomenal drummer. Yeah. Uh, like it like blows my mind uh, how like when he was like in, when he was in Roz, you guys see Roz and the Rice Cakes and yep. like the stuff he was playing and then he was singing too and playing at the same time. He's crazy. Uh, but and, and like on top of that, he's just a really good dude too. So it's like solid. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's just a complete package. He's just <laughs> he's,
0: he was <laughs> so like, was uh, like a, he would always like thank me whenever like he played a venue that I worked at, and like he would also pick up all the glasses for you at the end of the night. Okay. You know, like okay. the dude's like moving his drum set, like <laughs> all smiles, hugging every person he sees, and he's like also yeah. like your bar back now. You know,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He's great. I, I'm always happy if I like see Casey somewhere. Yeah. But it's just so funny how like those things will come full circle like that. And like uh, my, my friend Dre, our, our friend Dre, uh, was in like that first band with me. So he, of course, like came to the show. He was like, I got to go. I have to see 30 Helens yeah. Agree. Like we played with those guys so long ago.
2: My first band also. So Mikey OB from 30 Helens Agree was Mikey. actually, he was in another band before that, that I cannot even remember the name of. But mm-hmm. I remember show together uh our, our metalcore bands <laughs> we're talking like 2002 2003 yeah he had a gas mask on that's all i can really remember i can't remember <laughs> the name the but he wore a gas mask while he played death by sodomy maybe was the name of the band oh, okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, maybe uh yeah but my band my first band that band was check this out as metalcore as it gets silenced forever Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> now I'm just stuck on Thirty Hells Degree. You guys got me going. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, um, I was kind of the one who like nudged him to do that show nice. uh, because I was really into Thirty Hells Degree like a lot yeah, yeah. when I was younger. And then and I clear, started
2: around here all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: they were amazing, and I, I like, I started working with him, and I didn't even realize it was him from the band until like yeah. one night at work, I decided to throw it on. And he's like, dude, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> what are you doing? I yeah, it's just, just hearing them play that stuff like that many years later, it was yeah. super nostalgic, I think, for a lot of people at that show. Yeah, um, definitely. There were some people that came out that I did not expect to get out to that show, and they was they were just excited that they got to see that again, you know. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah I thought it was really that cool, was cool. To, to get to I, I mean, I remember seeing them all the time on shows with like Vanna at the yeah. living room. Oh,
0: yeah, and then to see
2: them at, at, the, at the AFC 20 now it's pretty bizarre <laughs> <You know>? yeah it's <laughs> like a staying power you know
1: yeah well it's, it's nice to see too there's like i feel like there's certain people that have just stayed active in music just throughout the years so it's nice to just like every once in a while you bump into them and they're they're doing something it's just like nice <laughs> to see that other people are still out there doing it too yeah um, which is, is cool it, it there's like a little like even if you need to know them very well There's it's like solidarity like okay you're still sticking it out too
2: yeah
1: not everyone keeps doing it, it there's it's It's not easy, but um, (laughs) it is nice to see when there's, you know, some of those other guys that are out there doing and grinding. So
0: hell yeah. Uh, Let's throw another big question at you. Um, I'll I'll make this one a little easier than favorite artist.
2: Why do we make (laughs) art? Why do you guys make art? So live music in particular is this like cathartic experience in a lot of ways sometimes. It's like a therapy session, you know, where where I can expel some of my demons and flail around and freak out and everyone goes, oh, great show. But really, all I did was like drink a little bit too much and (laughs) flail uh, and howl Um, and people are like, whoa, you're so great at this. And hey, man. And, And then there's also the reality of that, you know, it feels good when people enjoy a thing that you do. When someone says, you know, I, I really like what you're putting out or I really it's important to me to get to your show or a great set, you know, as blanket as that statement is, it feels good to be valued uh, is the ultimate answer, uh, I guess. And it's also a cathartic thing. And I just fucking love music. And if I can make some, too, I am am so lucky. I have to reiterate that. I'm so lucky to be in a band like Anxious Wave with three dudes who kill it at making great music while I flail around and
1: howl you know, it's <laughs> pretty lucky deal for me, you know? Yeah, I definitely would echo like, you know, what Brandon's saying about it being cathartic. It's definitely, I mean, that's a big part of it is just, I don't know. Music's always been something I liked. It's always resonated with me since I was a kid, you know, I just always have liked it, you know, listening to what you did when you grew up, Brandon, like my parents are religious and like very anti like rock and stuff like that so it was mm. a good por- por- part of my life where i was like until i was like maybe six or so where i didn't hear an electric guitar like i just didn't hear one it was like all like just <laughs> religious music and like acoustic guitars and singing so this uh, is
2: all an of rebellion it's it, it's it, to some extent <laughs> yeah. you would think so yeah
1: right? I, they must not have realized it but some one of their one of their christian artists was too contemporary and had a electric guitar in it and the, i you know I, I was playing the tape and listening to it like on my front porch and I heard the electric guitar happen and I was like, what the fuck is that? Like (laughs) like, if I listened to it now, I would never even get excited about it, but because I had never heard it before it like awakened something, the energy, it was like some kind of energy, like maybe want to run around and like, just, (laughs) just go crazy. And I, uh, that always stuck with me. So that was like, from that point on, I was like, I need to hear more of this. Where, where can I get more of this? Where can I find this? I was like, you know, grabbing the radio, putting it on the stations I wasn't supposed to listen to, and like trying to just get as much of it as I could. So that's always like the rest of the music just always resonated with me and just the energy and the rawness of it. Um, but music's always just been very personal and like always tied to my feelings and like experiences and memories. And like no matter what I've done, there's always like music that ties me to those specific points it's definitely a therapeutic thing for sure there's been so many things i've worked through just like noodling on my guitar like at 3 a.m just just you know I, I, something's stressing me out i can't sleep or just going through some kind of shit and just you know I'll just grab my guitar and just start playing i don't have a plan there's no song it's just just playing it out and uh that's always really like work for me so really like all my efforts are just like trying to figure out how i can do that more and how i can better like express and like get out what i'm feeling through music because like it's when you first start, you don't know what you're doing, and you you're like you have like a crude idea in your head, and it's like trying to like chisel that out and, and do it efficiently is is difficult. Um, so that's that's where I'm at now is like trying to just really like get good at, at getting it out as as efficiently as possible and as accurately as possible. Which is the anxious wave is great for some of that kind of stuff because it's just having the freedom to be able to play whatever I want uh is really awesome. Like if if I'm hearing something, there's times where I've, I'll make a bass I'm like, is this too poppy or like man, this, this kind of sounds like a ska base. Right? I, I, I would like feel weird putting it out there. Cause I feel like, feel like they're going to be like, what the hell was that? But, uh, <laughs> there's never, that never happens. I like every time I, I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling it. So I'll just put it there. And we're just like, that's cool. So it's great. Uh, like, there's this-
2: nothing more punk rock than, than just doing whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I think what, that's what resonated with me for punk is just that, that freedom, just being you. Uh, I think that's hard to do and if anything that can encourage that is, is important. So, yeah.
0: That layering process too, like you come to the table with something and to see what, like what someone else does to your music and puts on yeah. top of it. That's like, that's the big game changer too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so did you ever go down the Christian rock K hole?
1: Oh God. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I was, uh, yeah I, I i was in pretty deep because you know i it was hard when i was younger to like really get a hold of like the secular music sure so there's all these like christian alternatives to norma her,
3: Jean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah
1: norma Jean, um like reliant k oh
3: yeah uh, acceptance i don't know if you i ever heard of them, them. no wow, they're, they're like a religious pop punk band like, no, okay. like 2000s they were really
1: good nice yeah there was um there's all sorts of like I never know what ones people have heard of and what ones they haven't because mm-hmm. it, it's like such an obscure thing. Um, I'm always surprised. Uh, one band I still like listening to, they, they're, they're not Christian anymore, but they were at the time, like MXPX. I don't know if you ever listen to MXPX at all, mm-hmm. um, but I was, that was like my favorite band when I was growing up. That was like, if I could just sound like MXPX and play some songs like that, I was, that was a, a thing for me. Um, I still enjoy listening to them now.
2: That I was, was unavoidable? Like- yeah. If you if you listened to like hardcore or metalcore or metal yeah. in 2006 yeah.
1: seven, listening to a Christian one, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's so funny too. Is that like um, I didn't realize that at the time because I wasn't aware of like the other bands. So I was like listening yeah. to like the light versions of the all the bands that are out there. Um, but there was always like a band that was basically a popular band. There was a band called Eye that was basically Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, like Reliant K was basically Blink. Like there, there was all these like versions of stuff. Uh, so it was just like
2: cleaned up versions of popular music.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and some of them were actually really good, which was weird. And it was like, I wish they weren't Christian cause I, I couldn't show them to anybody. Cause I'd be like, man, this band's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what
2: was this Smashing Pumpkins band?
1: They're called Plank Eye. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, they were okay. I, 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 um, I like some Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. They were, they were like a little slower. Um, but it was definitely Smashing Pumpkin vibes in there for sure. There's all sorts of weird alternatives to some. Yeah, it's definitely like a weird hole to fall <laughs> into. There's, there's Christian ska. I listened to a lot of that when I was a teenager. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. There's actually, uh, there's one band, they're called the OC Supertones, probably one of my favorite ska bands to ever exist, but they're super Christian. So if you can't handle super Christian music, I wouldn't suggest listening to them because they were like, <laughs> They're on it, but um, they always seem very genuine. And uh, like, I know some like Christian music is really manufactured. Yeah, I, I always appreciate that they they seem like genuine people. And like, can
2: you or, imagine if we had to like sneak in a Christian agenda? To where
1: you <laughs> like, I gotta get the God in, you know, or yeah. it doesn't count. Yeah, you got to figure it out somewhere. Or you, some of those bands are really good at being like vague, like like Switchfoot. Like if you're a Christian you're like there's like little dog whistle things in there for you to cross you over though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um but it wasn't so overbearing that you're like if you listen to this not knowing anything about Christianity you wouldn't be like oh man that band's really religious i don't know if i can handle it. Um right. so those are those like guys that walked the line. Yeah. That all the youth group leaders hated cuz they weren't they weren't Christian enough. they it's like under
0: oath under oath was yeah. one that like <laughs> They just like they did their thing. They screamed a shit ton. But then also there's a th- song where they're just saying, Jesus, I'm ready to come home. You know yeah. what I mean? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Or like a Zao or Zao or have you pronounced the name? They're Christian. Um, <laughs> and uh, get yeah. way
2: more respect. I, yeah. think. I mean, I used to listen like to both bands. That. Yeah, um, there was. Under um, oath and Zao have both put out great, great music yeah. at, in their discographies
1: yeah it's like some metal band called living sacrifice that actually wasn't that bad either hmm. like i remember them really well.
2: i had like a um, compilation or something with them yeah on. yeah
1: yeah so there, there was some like decent there was there's actually um uh, uh a band called the huntingtons that i used to listen to a lot um mm-hmm. they're basically like christian ramones uh they weren't a super christian but like they uh they were like just pretty much unabashedly just copying the ramon style um <laughs> uh, they fit in with like Screeching Weasel and the Riverdales and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's like a weird subgenre of pop punk that like went the Ramones route. And it's like the copyrights, Riverdales, uh, all these, the queers. The queers kind of fall into that uh, category. I wasn't kid. I listened to so much fucking music. <laughs> there's so many like branches and weird stuff that I've I've gone down, but an experience
2: it sounds like a pretty Learn new things about your band members every day yeah
0: right yeah
3: they <laughs> yeah. never stop learning about that stuff
2: yeah let's get the
0: god in <laughs> <and> anxious
3: wave <laughs> yeah right <laughs> brandon i gotta uh, ask you i know you have a side project with brian at Panja chocolate and it's a little heavier do you mind elaborating a little bit on that yeah um so the current name of that
2: band is sewer hands uh i don't know if we're keeping but it, it likely is sewer hands. We've thrown around, we've had like a million different names for this. But so, this was something that kind of came about. Um, well, COVID, COVID helps. Uh, you have yeah. lots of time, and he lives seven minutes from me, so uh, you know, we were able to get together and, and make some some heavy heavy stuff. Uh, and basically, it just kind of stems from both of our our love, zeh for, um, kind of stuff we're actually talking about. Um, I love with like every fiber of my being and like everyone's eyes are going to roll about this. I love the acacia strain that they write like groovy ass mosh mosh parts, like the grooviest mosh parts ever. And, uh, I wanted to, uh, basically, ape that band and just do exactly what they do. But as if me and Brian wrote it and that's what we did. So um, I don't know what we're going to do with it. We recorded one complete song and there's like two or three that are almost done. Basically anxious wave is recording right now. Panzer chocolate is recording right now. Brian's in another, also an awesome band called new hell. They're also recording or just writing. I, I don't know. They're somewhere in the same process. So this sewer hands, thing if it's called sewer hands <laughs> who knows when it's coming out or what but it will eventually come out and i'm really excited about it i just wanted to be in a moshi band i've never like someone that grew up moshing his brains out and like it loved the metal chunky breakdown i've never mm-hmm. really got one of those bands so it was <laughs> like you dig this i dig this let's do it and that's what it's been. It's part of exactly the process that I'm, that we were talking about earlier about how like Brian and Marin are just like so kind and creative. Like you can throw something out there like, Hey, let's start a mosh band. All right. I got riffs. And, <laughs> yeah. So it's really just for fun. I don't know what the hell we're going to do with it, but um, it, it's fun. It's fun. That's really it.
0: I, there's a, a friend of mine who like started like a moshy hardcore band like a year or two ago. But he was never like into that music. So yeah. he just kind of was like, oh, I started listening to and like listed off like 10 artists. And he's like, I think I'm going to do it now, you know. And I think his whole thing is like he wants to be like the next hot topic, like break it big. You know what I mean? I'm just like <laughs> it's, it's, it's like getting to that age where you're like, oh, shit. Like you start to see that like selling out kind of shit. And it's just it's yeah. so sad. It makes like, a
2: little bit more yeah. sense if you're really that invested in it. Yeah. Yeah, but to yeah, see No, how this is not either. that. I promise you that. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's about as far removed from that as anything ever. It's <laughs> like now, if I'm going to be buried with every song that I've ever been a part of, mm. I can see that there were also some huge breakdowns that you can bury me with. Well. Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> Hell
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Steve? Do you have any more questions for him? Brandon, I know you have a history of booking shows, and I'll ask this for Sam too. You guys have four bands to fill a bill. Who are you putting on and why? That are alive and well. Uh, Any et, posthumanist, an, anybody you want ever. This is a new oh, question, Jesus. Steve. I like
2: this one.
0: This <laughs> is a hard one. You hit this one from me.
3: <laughs> you can answer it too, Josh. Everyone can answer it. Uh,
0: it's huge. 30 Helens agree. 30 Helens agree. <laughs> <laughs> 30 Helens agree. <laughs> and Green Day. These no,
3: all <No>.
2: I'm going to go with feasible, alive, current bands that I would like to see Anxious Wave play with. Mm -hmm. First, my dream bill for Anxious Wave. That's what we'll do. All right. So I want Killing Joke to headline. I want to open at some point because then I just was like, wait, we're not good enough to go after Intercourse because they were my next thing. I was going to bring up a from Connecticut called Intercourse, Um, I love that band We played with them a couple times They're really, really cool guys And they fucking shred So I would throw them on the bill And I also really enjoyed this band That we played with from Canada um, Tunic They're just like this really shrill It's like, oh man After their show, your ears will ring I promise But they (laughs) So I, I mean, that's probably not like my dream bill ever, but I think for us, like a really sick show would be that kill, killing joke, intercourse to Nick and would be a
1: really fun show to see. I'll just stick with like local, local bands. I feel like, uh, definitely intercourse. Um, I don't know why they're uh, lesser glow, lesser glow from Boston is really fucking sick. Um, yeah. I forgot, yo,
0: yeah. We played that show with them. They yeah, are- yeah.
1: They're really good. I don't know if you ever heard of them or not. Um, check them out. Uh, really sick. Yeah. They, they were really cool. Um, they were, they were pretty chill. So I would definitely say like, yeah, intercourse, like lesser glow, I'd want to play with them. So I, I'd say we'd throw us on there too. I think it'd be a good fit. And then maybe like hammer party or something like that. I, you know, yeah, I think that'd be a good, like legit solid bill. I think we'd all like work really well together. It'd be a nice, similar sounds, but different th- approaches and stuff like that. I think that would definitely be my like dream. If we could like set something up at like AS220 or dusk or something like that, that'd be the that'd be the show.
0: We'll book it on. Imagine seeing Killing
2: Joke at dusk. Like, <laughs> would
0: be nuts. I like that question, Steve. I like I'm racing through my head now too, and I just feel like four's hard. Four's really yeah. hard. You went like kind of like like Brennan. You kind of like tried to make it fit your band, and that's I guess that's one way I would look at it. Uh, but I'm thinking like, man, I would love to play with like Dangers or Punch or something like that. You know.
2: Yeah. Oh, did you catch the Danger su- Show uh, that came through a couple, well, like a year ago now? But I, feels the like-
0: one that was in what Worcester, right? No,
2: it was at dusk. Oh, was on, like, I saw them, them you- the next day. Yeah. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah, that was so much fun. I was so happy to see them in Providence.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. I mean, also like Graf Orlock and all that is just fucking crazy. You know. Yeah, that's they're a force to be reckoned with, and I think this is like the <laughs> second or third episode now that they've been brought up. But even still, like, man, like, I'm sure, like, you know, Sam, you talk about mountain goats. I'm sure you'd love to be on a bill with them too. Like, oh,
1: man. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that would be definitely a, a dream come true. I, that was like one of those especially when I was in like the, the more like Indie Americana band mm-hmm. where I was like, man, that would be, we, we would definitely fit on that bill. It'd be a, a great, great thing. It'd be just nice to be able to, to play with them. Um, been lucky enough to talk to a couple members in that band. I think they played the Columbus a couple years ago mm-hmm. and, uh, like ran into the bassist he was just having to be outside so we got to talk to him for a little while which was really cool um i was like talking to people who are you know I, we'll say successful you know it's really hard with music to like you know there's various levels of like but what you know they're able to do it. yeah they're able to do it as a job yeah and uh i like hearing about like their experiences and like i don't know you always kind of like put them up on a pedestal like glorify and be like oh they must be living the life up there and it's you know, he's talking about like, oh, I got to go home and like, you know, I got kids at home and my wife and, you know, trying to figure out how to work things into my tour. And, and like, he's still working. He's still working hard. And uh, I always appreciate that. It's like makes me feel better about where I'm at. And like also just see that, like they go through the similar similar things. So um, but yeah, I lo- love to play the Mountain Goats. love to play with like MXPX uh, just because like they were such a huge influence when I was younger.
2: Nirvana, I would love to play with yeah. Nirvana.
1: The yeah. yeah there we go so, yeah, yeah.
2: Four
0: fighters it, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that that yeah.
1: like too good that i just that would never i wouldn't uh, turn the show down man oh i wouldn't <laughs> turn that down either hell no <laughs> I, I and i feel like there's like shows that are like some of the people are like too good that i would not want to be on that show like i would go to it but i would i wouldn't want to be on it like some of the the jazz guys i like like some of the newer ones um like, i don't know if you heard of thundercat but He's ridiculous. He uh, he's a really phenomenal bassist, but he plays like it's like a mix of like R and B, soul stuff, like a lot of modern stuff. He he's got like rappers and stuff that come on his songs, so it's very modern. You know, if you like Kendrick Lamar and some of that kind of stuff, uh, it's like that, but like on another level i I got to see him at jazz fest a couple years ago and it like blew my mind and i was like i should just put my bass away like i just need to stop it's (laughs) like touch it again yeah yeah Uh. he plays like a five string plays with his fingers but he was like shredding Uh. things i'm like i didn't think were possible it was just crazy and he uses a lot of crazy effects and stuff um if if you like jazz or any of that kind of stuff i would definitely suggest checking him out because uh yeah he's ridiculous but I wouldn't want to play before him. Like I, I, w- I wouldn't even want to bring my bass in the same like twenty mile radius as him.
0: So who would you play with, Steve?
3: My dream bill. Yeah. Uh, Rush would be headlining. Ooh, oh, oh shit! Yeah. There we go. I, I actually goes. wasn't expecting that at all. Oh, I love Rush. I uh. grew up on that. My dad, my dad, my dad was in the a, uh, a, a progressive classic rock band called Monolith until my sister was born.
0: Right. Like I was always
3: at band practice and stuff. Hmm. So Rush would be headlining. Thrice would be there, Misery Signals would be there because I'm a metalcore junkie. Um, Hell yeah! <laughs> I don't know who my fourth would be. Shit, Fall. Maybe One Eighty Two. Just hit, just ah. hit, just
1: hit every spectrum. Just get yeah, everything, every yeah. Yeah, mm. that'd be fun. I like that. Cool. Oh, I love Rush, man. Rush is so good. I, it's always like frustrating. There's a lot of people that do not like Rush. The Rush is mm-hmm. either like you love you get it, it or you don't. It. Yep. Yeah, I can't oh, stand I the voice. It. I love it. Yeah. I, I'm out. I think yeah. yeah you know, I respect I I that's yeah. um, I, also, I, understand I hate hate
0: Coheed. So I know I'm yeah. I'm kind of, you know, I don't
2: just, hate <laughs> Coheed, but I I don't like I don't really like love Coheed the way some people
3: love Coheed, yeah. you know.
1: I I enjoy him uh, like well, I
3: I would say I like like love Coheed. Like mostly Second Stage Turbine Blade and, and Keeping Secrets. Everything after that not that yeah. I'm not crazy about, but those albums really resonate with me.
1: Yeah uh the funny story actually i, I saw rush once um like maybe five or six years ago my brother was going to school in, in pennsylvania so like mm-hmm. for his birthday we decided to all buy tickets to go see him they're playing in like hershey pennsylvania or something mm-hmm. um yes. got to see him but it, it was the f- so funny seeing the crowd because it was all like middle-aged men with their sons yep. and like <laughs> yeah. a couple really sad wives that were like yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like it is definitely a father son bonding band.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) If you get along with your dad real well, chances are you guys both enjoy Rush. Yeah, you're
1: right.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you again for your time on Musicians and Makers with Us tonight. Uh, This is again Anxious Wave, where we spoke with Sam and Brandon. Where can we find more about your
2: music? We are on Facebook.com, we are on Instagram. We are on Bandcamp. Uh, the handle on the Instagram is anxious.wave, facebook.com slash anxiouswave, uh, and anxiouswave.bandcamp.com. We're on any streaming platform that you can think of, I think. We're on just about every one of them. Yeah, that, those are the spots. We don't have like a, a dot .com or anything like that. But maybe soon. I don't
1: know. <laughs> uh, that's that's too professional for us. Yeah, yeah we're, we're a Fortune 500, 500 yeah. company. Okay, I,
0: uh, I can tell you we made a, a .com for this site or this project, and yeah. um, the views are not coming in from the website. So, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, noted.
0: <Exactly>. Yeah, <laughs> <don't feel> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So check out our website. Uh, also, find us on uh, Instagram, Spotify, Facebook, all the things. Uh, and thanks again for uh, for joining us tonight.
1: Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was fun.